You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. How is everybody doing? Um, I'll just, you guys can go except for Nick. Just give me some um, spiritual music. Uh, we're going <laughs> to, I, I think that we should be praying for our brothers and sisters in Townsville and in far north Queensland who are doing it tough uh, at the moment. Uh, for those of you who don't know, who live under a rock, uh, they're getting all the rain that we want. Um, so and 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 there's like there's there's a lot of people that are facing the very real prospect of losing their house and uh, and how many know that that's a that's a tough thing to to be doing on a Sunday night. There's many churches that are closed on Sunday because people can't get there. So if we could just uh, you know you can pray in your in your head or, or just pray where you are. But Lord, we just lift up our brothers and our sisters in far north Queensland. Lord God, we just we we recognise that that there's a lot of people with a lot of real fears that are uh, are dealing with them right now. But I pray you would send your Holy Spirit. And, and, and send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the, the one that brings peace. But Lord, I pray that there would uh, we we would see water subside. We would see water move around houses. We would see water move down streets, but no, not inundate houses. Lord, we just pray that there'd be people who would be uh, trapped that would be safe. Lord, we just pray that your protection and your Spirit is upon that part of our great state. And everybody said, "Amen." Continue to thank you, Nick. That was so spiritual. I, I've got shivers, um, and uh, and so yeah. Continue to pray for for Townsville. I know that there's one church where their building is literally being inundated with water up there. So uh, continue to keep them in your prayers. It's good to be preaching for real. Uh, we've been doing a series called God at the Movies or Central at the Movies, and. Uh, it's, it's good to actually sink into something a bit more theologically sound and uh, and a bit deeper. So we're going to go a bit deeper tonight than Bruce Almighty, Schindler's List, and The Castle. Um, so we're actually going to be teaching from the Bible tonight. So it's it's a good it's a good time to be in church. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brett. I'm the Youth and Young Adults Pastor here at Centro Church. But I think that we should give a massive shout out to Johnny and Dina, Naomi and Justin, who... So, and and you may not know this, but, but Caitlin Hills, it's her first uh, night time running Night Kids. There's, there's, there's some good things happening here at Centro Church. Some good things happening. And uh, on Friday night, we, we saw... For the first time ever, two locations of youth ministry. We've never ever seen that in their history. So, and 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 the thing is, you guys need to be praying for these guys because when they when you take ground, there's always there's always going to be opposition. So we need to be winning the battle in the heavenlies so to make sure that the opposition is toothless, which it really is. His bite is his, his bark is worse than his bite. But let's be praying for these guys. Let's be praying for Collingwood Parks. Let's be praying for Ipswich that God would open un- supernatural doors of influence and, and opportunity in the schools and just in conversation. I want to speak tonight. Uh, on, on a bit of an interesting topic, and uh, it, it's actually piggybacking off what Pastor Tim spoke about this morning. Uh, we were talking about it during the week, and, and I thought, oh, dang it, I'm going to have to change my message. Um, but I didn't, and uh, didn't actually get to hear what Pastor Tim shared this morning, but hopefully I don't repeat what he said, or worse, tell you what he said was wrong. Um, that's, that's always bad. Um, <laughs> 
But make sure you come back next week for our, our, our Vision Sunday. Uh, I'm excited to hear what Pastor John and Francine are going to bring for our church and then come again out at night for our anointing service. So it's an anointing. It's not annoying. Um, and so just make sure that you're out there. So Jesus is, Jesus is chatting to his, his people. He's chatting to the crowd. And uh, in, in Luke 6, he's actually some of his greatest teaching uh, that, that we would find in Scripture. He, he does it pretty early on in Luke 6. And, and so he's chatting to the crowd and he's, he's rolling out all of these metaphors. He's rolling out all of these analogies. And, and he's talking about, he, he picks his disciples. He's talking about fruit. He's talking about using a lot of kind of agricultural, uh, agricultural metaphors, but then he talks about building, and and this is the first time that he's actually spoken about building in the book of of Luke, and and it's found in Luke chapter six in forty eight and uh, forty six to forty nine, and it says this: it says, "So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and does not obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Lord, we just pray that as we come around your word that we would be transformed by it but lord we'd be drawn near to you through the process in jesus name everybody said amen uh amy my wife and i we were looking at 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 building a house and so we found a block that that had all the specifications that we wanted it was as big as we wanted and before we we kind of signed the dotted line we wanted to find out what the foundation was so we did a soil test and and then we took a big so we went drove right down and uh and and saw where the actual foundation was and and unfortunately it was too far down for us to build the house that we wanted to build so it was a wasted couple of hundred bucks but um Foundations are important because you can have the same house but a different foundation and it can look exactly the same when it's built but if the foundation is not strong then when, when the floodwaters, when wind, when, when waves come upon the one that has no foundation, it literally topples over. And what Jesus is saying here is that the foundation is the most important thing that you can build your life on. And it says, he says that somebody who listens to, comes to me, listens to my teaching and then follows it is like a person building a house. With it, and they dig deep down into the foundation. And, uh, and, and so at first glance, it would actually appear that Jesus is saying something that would appear very legalistic. You know, you need, to, you need to listen to what I say, you need to do what I say, and then you will live a good life. And, and if you've been around church for any length of time, you'll hear words like old covenant and new covenant thrown around. And simply, what that means is the Bible is literally split into two parts. The Old Covenant, which is pre-Christ, where, where to, to gain the, the affection and to gain the, the benefits of believing and loving God, you had to abide by a certain list of rules and regulations. And, and so there was the Ten Commandments, but then there was some other ones, and then there was some more over here, and there was some more if you were uh, a, a priest, and then there was some more over here. And then Jesus comes on the scene and says that he is the new covenant. 
And, uh, you know, we don't really talk about Old and New Covenant in church anymore. It's, it's kind of a bit old language. It's a bit old school. But, you know, and, but how relevant is it to us? Because, you know, we've never lived in a society where that was the norm. But for when, when, when Jesus is saying these things, it's to a group of people who believed that to serve and to love God was to obey a list of rules, was to abide by these things. And, but then Jesus comes on the scene and he changes it a bit. And at first glance at this scripture, it would appear that even though he's saying that he's changed it, hang on a minute, do I have to obey what you're going to say? What, what, is, what does that mean? What does that look like? And, and, and so I want to have a look at the topic of obedience tonight. And, uh, and, and it's, not a, it's not a great word. Nobody wants to hear, oh, he's going to be talking on obedience. So that's, that's, my, um, that's my title slide, Obey Me. And uh, that's, pro- that's possibly what a lot of people would have seen or heard when Jesus was saying these things. Oh, well, he's just, he's just bringing a different version of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. And, uh, and, and you know, one of the hard things about obedience and when Jesus is talking about obedience, because what I want to touch on is that the obedience that Jesus talks about is not the obedience that we automatically assume. It's not the obedience that we think. Jesus brought to us a new level of obedience, and it wasn't about doing more stuff or obeying more rules, but he changed it from a list of rules to a man. He changed it from a list of do's and don'ts to a person. And, uh, and one of the hard things that we, I believe as Christians, find it hard to contend with is that when we talk about obedience to Christ, it actually rages against everything that we have been brought up, everything that we teach our kids. Uh, you know, I've got a two and a half year old and, and I want him to obey the rules. I want him to do the things that he needs to do. I, I want him to, you know, brush his teeth before he goes to bed. I want him to make sure that he does this and does that and does this and does that. And, but then kind of when we move over into our relationship with, with Jesus, it's like, well, Am I obeying you or, or do I have to do the rules or am I obeying you or do I have to, like, what does it all mean? Where, where does, where's the clarity here? So tonight I want to have a look. I want to have a look at this new idea of obedience, that Jesus brought a new obedience. And, um, and, and I also want to have a look at an example of a man that was obedient to Christ and his life was actually restored, set free and set on a trajectory of blessing. Because in the past, to have your life on a trajectory of blessing, you had to obey the rules. You had to, you had to make the right sacrifices. You had to you know, do the right ceremonies. You had to do all of that stuff. But then Jesus comes on the scene and he says, he says this. In, in Matthew, Jesus says that I have fulfilled the law. I have fulfilled the rules. And, and, and there's, there's a difference between fulfilling and breaking the rules. Because like to break the rules, it's easy. You know when you've broken the law. You know when you've broken the rules. But Jesus didn't come to break the rules and set up new rules. He came to fulfill the law. See, you know, when, when you walk into any place, there's rules. There, there's some are some are explicit and some are implicit. Like when you walk into a, a stadium, you have to sit in a certain section. Um, but then when you walk into a supporter's area, you have to wear a certain shirt. Uh, I was in Italy once and, and we went to a really, really big soccer game or football, uh, if you're saved. Um, 
But so we're in this we're in this stadium, and, and literally, so you, we were warned, we were pre-warned that we have to wear a particular colour, otherwise there could be uh, issues and things like that. So so we're wearing we're wearing this particular colour, and uh, so we we find our seats and we sit down, and um, then kind of look around, and and everybody is just standing up, and we're like, oh, this is interesting, and and then the guy beside me goes. English? I said, uh, yeah. And he goes, you need to stand up for the whole game, otherwise you'll get kicked out. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. There are, <laughs> there's rules, implicit and explicit. And, um, but, and, and so is Jesus saying, look, this is, there's, there's no rules, but there is rules. There's actually implicit rules. Um, and, and, you know, and one thing that, that people, one thing that really gets on my nerves is when I hear people say, well, I thought you were supposed to be a Christian. As if that's supposed to kind of guilt me into acting a certain way. Like, oh, well, I thought you people were supposed to be nice. Um, and, and, you know, well, I, I thought you, you people were supposed to, to love animals. And it's like, okay, so what you're saying is that you're, you're putting, a, a, like you are, you are literally thinking that, that the rules that we have to ab- abide by mean that we have to behave in a certain way. We have to act in a certain way. But here's, a, and, and here's one, like one thing that, like I love playing soccer. And, um, but I've kind of stepped back a little bit. Uh, because when I cross that line, uh, like I'm there to win. I'm not there to win the loss. I'm there to win the game. And uh, and so, like I don't tell people what I do when I'm on the football field um, because I don't want them judging me. They don't need to judge me. And so I just say I'll you know, do a lot of work with young people. And so they say, oh, good on you. But you know, it, because if if they were, if I was to say oh, I'm a pastor. They would have a certain image or they would have a certain perceived behavior of how I should act. But here's one of my big thoughts tonight, and it's this. Christianity should not be about, we should not behave, we should bear fruit. There's a difference there. We should not behave, we should bear fruit. See, there's a behavior says, you must adhere to this, you must do this. But bearing fruit is the natural it's the natural state of being a part of something. See, a tree bears fruit because it is a tree. An apple tree bears fruit because it is an apple tree. It's not saying, well, um, you need to behave like an apple tree. No, it, it's the natural reaction of being an apple tree that it bears fruit. It's not behaving like an apple tree. It is bearing fruit. And, and we as Christians need to not be, well, I need to do this because Jesus is watching. I need to do this because the pastor's watching. But no, when you hang out with Jesus long enough and in his presence long enough, you will bear fruit that is indicative of your closeness to who he is. And that is what the new obedience looks like. It's not about behaving. It's about bearing fruit. So you hang out with Jesus long enough, you can't help but be joyous. You hang out with Jesus long enough, you can't help but have long suffering when it comes to people who are annoying. You hang out with Jesus long enough, you can't help but be generous. And it's not, it's not that you are behaving in that way, it's that because of your natural state, you are literally bearing fruit because of who and how you're hanging out with Jesus. And, uh, you know, the, the title of my message 
is prepare for obedience. Because I actually think that you can't just go and be obedient. It, it, it's a, I, I believe that, that you need to actually prepare yourself for that moment when God says, or Jesus says, hey, do this. You actually need to build a, a level of stability so that when Jesus says, hey, do this, you can do it with utter assurance that this is where you want to go. So I want to have a look at how to prepare yourself for obedience. Prepare for obedience doesn't really have a great ring, does it? Like, prepare for war kind of does. Like, uh, one of my favorite movies growing up was The Princess Bride. And, uh, you know, there's a guy who's like, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. But um, prepare, prepare for obedience doesn't really have the same ring to it, does it? But anyway, it is the title. Um, like, I, like I mentioned, the, the previous covenant that we looked at, which is about the rules, it's about the regulations, it's about doing this, doing that, you know, it, it, was, it was given to Moses in, in the form of Ten Commandments, but then over the period of hundreds of years, it was expanded upon, it was built upon by people that thought, well, you know, if you're going to follow God, then, then surely you need to do this, and you need to observe this, and you need to make sure that you're wearing this and, and this, and so it actually expanded to way over. 10 commandments, but Jesus makes a statement in Matthew where he says, I have fulfilled the law. And, and, and it's not, and, and he didn't, like I said before, he didn't break the law, he fulfilled the law so that there could be no people saying, well, well you know, you can't do that. Because in, in Jesus, the law was 100% fulfilled so that there could be no accusation to the people that followed after him, um, you know the old covenant had been fulfilled because the old the Old Testament is great. Don't get me wrong; I'm not bagging out the Old Testament, but it only gives us a glimpse of how God actually thinks toward us and acts toward us. And when Jesus came on the scene, when he fulfilled the covenant, blood sacrifices was done with because Christ actually fulfilled all the need for blood sacrifices. The priesthood would, that, that would worship on behalf of the people was actually done away with because in, in, in his place was, was put Jesus who enabled us to have perfect relationship. The physical temple that was the central part of the only place that you could go and experience and meet God was at the temple, was done away with. And and, and we became the temple. See, the, the food laws that set apart a nation like Israel, were done away with so that everybody could have, aspe- uh, could have access. And it was no longer your ethnicity that gave you contact to God. It was actually your proximity that gave you contact to God. And, and so I was, I was thinking about how, like, what's an analogy for how this looks like? What's, what's an analogy? And uh, who owned a Refidex? So a Refidex, for those of you who don't know it, it's like Google Maps in a magazine. Um, and uh, I remember when, when Dad and I were doing, we were part of a running group and we were doing these cross-country events, we'd always have to get the Refidex out. And I'd always flip it the wrong way. So I'm like, no, no, it's coming up in like, you know, it, it's the next right. But it was actually we were going the other way. And um, so I was terrible, terrible. Unfortunately, I have my mother's sense of direction. Uh, pray for me. Um, and uh, so my father says anyway. Um, 
But yeah, so and and so refidexes. They're, so it's, they're about this thick, and you need to know the kind of the general area where you're going, and then you've got to flick through it. And sometimes, if you're doing a really long road, you've got to go over multiple maps. And um, this is a really fun, fun read. You should do it one day. Um, just chart your chart your course using a refidex. But. And, and I remember yelling at this Refidex so many times, like, I don't understand you. I'm like, why? Tell me the direction that we need to be going in. And, 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 but then iPhones came on the scene and the Refidex spoke back. The Refidex spoke back. Artificial intelligence in the form of Siri became the Refidex that spoke back. And in the same way... To get somewhere, we had to follow this massive book of directions. In Jesus, the Refidex spoke back. In Jesus, the answer happened. And and if I want to take you to to the, if I want to take you to the next level of obedience, it's when you're actually speaking to Jesus and He speaks back to you, rather than just living and, and looking at a lifeless bunch of rules. It's when the refidex, it's when the law speaks back to you. See, there's, it, it was, obedience was about, it was, it was about obeying a piece of stone or a piece of paper. It was about obeying what was, what was codified. But when Christ came on the scene, and, and if we could get that scripture in 46 to 48, it says, so why do you keep calling me Lord when you don't, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it is like. It's like when somebody comes to me, they listen to my teaching and then follows it. It's like a person that builds a house, digs deep and lays a foundation on solid rock. Earlier in that particular chapter, in, in verse 6 to 10, there's actually an example of what this looks like. Jesus has actually already put legs on what this looks like when he makes this statement. And he says, uh, and, and it says, commentating on this on another sabbath day a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while jesus was teaching the teachers of religious law and the pharisees watched jesus closely if he healed the man's hand they planned to accuse him of working on the sabbath but jesus knew their thoughts he said to the man with a deformed hand come and stand in front of everyone so the man came forward then jesus said to his critics i have one question for you does the law permit good deeds on the sabbath or is it a day for doing evil is this a day to save life or destroyed it he looked around at them one by one and then said to the man hold out your hand so the man held out his hand and it was restored at this the enemies of jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him see the man actually went to the new level of obedience. Twice Jesus responds to him, and twice he actually has the opportunity to respond in obedience. The man says to him, come, come to the front so that everybody can see. He could have been, in, in, in the sense of the word, disobedient and not received his miracle. And, and then again, Jesus says, hold out your hand. And, and again, he could have said, no, look, no, it's all good. Thanks for trying. I'll try the guy down the road. But no, he was actually obedient. And, and I believe there's actually something in this scripture, in these two passages that link it together. I, I believe that there's three clear stage, stages in, in laying the foundation or being in the right zone for this new type of obedience, this obedience that isn't about behavior, but about bearing fruit. 
And uh, the first thing that I notice in this passage is that this man was in proximity to Jesus, that, that he found himself in the temple where Jesus was teaching. And so the first thing that, that I really want to challenge you is that you need to be in the proximity of Jesus. See, maybe this whole faith thing, this whole Jesus thing is new to you. But, but I, I just want to encourage you, take, take the opportunity to find yourself in proximity with Him. You know, the amount of times that I've heard people say, well, like, I didn't even know who God was, but I just prayed. They found themselves in proximity of Jesus. Uh, my wife has a massive obsession with Guy Sebastian. Really unnatural. Um, but <laughs> reminds, reminds her of my Afro days. So, um, and anyway, we went, we, me and a couple of friends went down to Byron Bay uh, to watch him perform. And uh, we, we watched the performance and then we're sitting at a cafe out the back of the hotel where he was performing. And it happened to be my wife's birthday that day and, and like she was just really excited to be there. But um, as I, kind of, I, I shot my eyes across and I could see the, the roadies kind of unpacking all the stuff. And I said, oh, look, they're unpacking all the stuff. And, um, and, and then I said, I said oh, Look, it's Hamish and Andy are there too. And so they're kind of standing there. And I said, oh, look, and Guy Sebastian. And, um, and like, I'm, I'm a really shy guy. So I'm like, oh, you know, isn't that good? Guy Sebastian's over there. You can see him. How great. But my brother-in-law is just, just has no shame at all. Like he's, he's the guy that if you wanted to take something back to the shop, he takes it back to the shop and then he gets, somehow gets like a $150 voucher or something like that. Like he's, he just has no shame. And so anyway, he, he grabs my wife and, 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 uh, and her friend and, and he walks her over and he he's, goes past security, just like they're not even there. Says, uh, can, can we get a photo? It's her birthday. And, uh, and so Guy had a photo with Amy and she thought it was the greatest thing ever. And, uh, but, but the thing is, that would never have happened if we weren't in proximity to where Guy Sebastian was. And, uh, and, you know, it wasn't that he just came to the temple. It was that he came to the temple when Jesus was there. So you can come to church time, week in, week out, and you can get as close to Jesus as you could sitting in a pub, to be quite honest. Um, it's like standing in a garage and thinking that you're a car. It doesn't necessarily work. Um, it doesn't work at all, actually. I've, I've tried it. Um, but, but you actually have to make the move from walking in the doors of the church to actually being in proximity to where Jesus is, whether that be through finding him in Scripture, whether that be through just praying, one, like praying what you know, just have a conversation with him, but find yourself in proximity to Jesus so that when, he's, when he says, hey, come out the front, I've got a blessing for you, you can actually, you've got the opportunity at least to be obedient to him. The second part is that you actually have to move out. You actually have to move out of where you're sitting in, because you, you can come to, you can be in the vicinity of Jesus. You can be in proximity of Jesus, but unless you move out, then, then you're never gonna, you, you're not gonna reach that, that next level of intimacy. You're not gonna reach that, that next level of connecting with Him. And see, Sometimes we actually make a tradition out of things that are supposed to be uh, a, a reaction. And, and like we, we can, and, and you can make a tradition out of anything. You can make a tradition out of reading your Bible. You can make a tradition out of praying. You can make a tradition out of coming to church. But unless there's actually life in it, you're never ever going to see the result and the blessing that comes from it. 
you know, we, we, could even, we, we could even pull people out here and we can, uh, you know, speak in tongues and translate tongues. And, and, but, but if we make a tradition out of it, if this just becomes what we do, then there's no life in it. And so you actually have to move out of the place of tradition. You actually have to move out of the place where it, it moves from operation to obedience. Because like any, any, you can, once you're going through the motions, you're never ever going to see the fruit of obedience. And, and so you actually have to move out of that. We can even, we, we, could, we could get somebody in here and, and, and get them preach up a storm. But, but if we, you know, over time, if there's no life in it for, for people to actually respond when Jesus says, move out of where you're standing so that everybody can see you. You, you, can, you can, and steps of faith can become mundane. But we actually need to move out into a position where it's dangerous, where people can see us. And, and where the comfort isn't there. And, uh, and my question to you is, maybe you've been sitting in the proximity of Jesus for too long. Maybe it's time to move out into a new, uh, a, a new connection point because it, it's in Him that we bear the fruit that Jesus lives. It's in Him, it's our closeness to Him that we actually bear fruit. And if I could grab the singers and musicians. The last, um, the last thing you've got to do is, you've actually got to do it. I mean, that, that, that particular gentleman had the withered hand. And, uh, and so he could have been in the proximity of Jesus. He could have been sitting in the temple. Could have heard all the good, he could have heard, heard all the messages in the world. He, he even could have come out the front when Jesus says, move out so that everybody can see you. But if he didn't move to the point where he stretched out his hand, then the miracle was done. The blessing was set aside. And so, you know, when, when we move from obedience in terms of the rules to a person, it's, it's, not, that, it's not that we're moving aside from, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm just going to be my own person. But no, it's actually when we were obedient in, in the new sense of the word, when we've got this new obedience, we're in connection with Christ. We're in contact with Him and, it's, and it gives us an opportunity so that when He says, hey, come on out the front, I've got something new for you. I've got a new blessing for you. I've got a new season for you. And then when you come out the front or whatever it might be, He might be calling you into a new area of influence. He might be calling you into a new area of whatever it might be of ministry, but you've actually got to be close to Him. It's, it's not about, there's no, there's no system that makes, you, that makes you, oh, well, if I do this, then I do this, and that, then I'm going to be blessed. It's not like that. No, no. It's, it's when, when you find yourself in Christ, when you find yourself in contact with Him, when you find yourself locked in communion with Him, you bear fruit. It's not about behavior. It's about bearing fruit. And, uh, you know, a lot of people said, oh, well, you know, I, I just don't know if it's God or not. Well, here's my test. Here's a test that I use. And sometimes I pass the test and sometimes I don't. But, you know, oh, well, I, I feel God's telling me to, to step out into this. And Is it biblical? Is it, a, is it beneficial to people? And does it require boldness? If you, if you can answer all those three things in yes, then do it. You know, even if God is not in it, you're not going to do any harm, but if you use it in it, you're going to do amazing things. And you're going to see amazing things come to pass. And, you know, we're breaking new ground. 
everywhere in terms of Centro Church. And so, you know, we're going to need people in contact with Jesus Christ. We don't need people that can behave right. We need people that are in communion, in connection with Him. We don't need people that can behave right. We need people that can bear fruit. Because fruit is influential. Fruit nourishes. Fruit is attractive. Behaviour is not. And, and like I said before, we, we train our kids to behave right. So I understand it's a bit of a divergence from that, but it's not about behaving. It's about bearing fruit. And when was the last time that, that you looked at the fruit of your life and the fruit of the, the what, what would the people around you say that the fruit of your life is? Because that's possibly a good indication of how connected you are to Him. And, uh, you know, I don't know everybody in the room and I don't know your story, I don't know your situation. But I do know this, that God wants to have the opportunity, that Jesus wants to have the opportunity for your life to go to the next level. You know, that man had a withered hand. It would have been a, a thing of shame. It would have been a thing of separation. It would have been a thing of dishonor. But Jesus calls him out the front. He says, hey, I'm going to do this in front of everybody. He says, reach out your hand. And so this guy reaches out his hand in obedience. There's another part of the Bible where Jesus calls Peter, one of probably the most famous disciples. He says, hey, Peter, send out this boat. And Peter had the opportunity to be obedient, or he didn't. But he, he actually was obedient in that in that regard and, and saw just an amazing miracle take place where his boat couldn't even hold the fish that were coming in. And, uh, you know, the reason that he said yes was not because of the rules, but it was because of the person, because he had met Jesus, because he had spoken to him face to face, because he had had that in interaction. And I don't know where you are here, but when Pastor Tim shared this morning, shared this afternoon about, you know, just a little bit of moisture can actually make the sponge right for the purpose that it was created for. Thank you for listening to this podcast.